0: Action Park Media.
1: Shall not fear no man but God. Though I walk through the
2: valley of death. All right, welcome to Victory the
1: Podcast. I'm Doug Ellen. I'm Kevin Connolly. Kevin Dillon is not with us today. He is on COVID protocol.
2: So he's got a real legitimate excuse. And and I don't even know what to say anymore about this, but uh he he's sick. He's gonna be fine. He's gonna be great. But he's he he was hit pretty hard, you know. So as was everybody. So uh yeah, your your family got it again. I mean that's crazy. So hopefully, uh hopefully we're gonna be able to move anyway. Uh just getting to um you know last night. I just uh (laughs) I'm honestly it was like last night was tough. Um and I, I don't wanna um pretend like he was one of my closest friends, but he he was he was a, a, a friend and he was uh, Bob Saget passed away last night. And, um, you know, I know him 20, 20 years, I think. And yeah. um, he's been so good to me and was I mean, so he's good and so
1: good to all of us yeah. with
2: everything. Like he's he's
1: he's a guy he, he never, ever said no.
2: Yeah. You know what? That's it's a good way to say it. And uh, I think Rob Weiss introduced me to him initially for the show, and uh, so I guess that's like 2003, 4, whatever, and, um, you know, Bob, I wrote a script, and I gave it to Bob, and... All he said was, uh, which just makes me laugh still, because I, I had written that Bob was destitute living right. like like in a hovel or something. And he just said, uh, I've got two top 10 shows on at the same time, which I'm not sure if anyone else has ever done that in the history of television. But Full House and um, America's Funniest Home Videos were yeah. one and
1: two in the ratings.
2: Right? Yeah. And um, so he said anything else, anything else? I'll, I'll do uh, hookers, blow, all this and that. But, but I will not be poor you know but <laughs> but previous to that you know like like Dice Clay um who I saw for the first time on the Rodney Dangerfield special um and just you know obviously loved him when it was probably 1990 and somewhere around the same time uh, I saw Bob Saget who you know he's a skinny Jewish guy who with a good head of hair which I used to have and uh you know he he did he made me think like I could go out and I can go do this I can go uh uh, be this so then when I I got to meet him and work with him um uh, Let's say 12 years, 13 years later, whatever it was, he was such a good guy. And when we called him for the podcast, similarly, you know, we couldn't get guests for the podcast when we started. It wasn't he was, easy.
1: He was, I think he was on episode four of the podcast. Yeah. You know, but he's just like I said, he's just one of those guys. You ask for a favor and he was there.
2: Yeah. And, you know? and we went to his charity, charity event, event every, every year, year. So a very so-
1: charitable guy. That's, a you know, he was was very heavily into uh, raising money for Skloderma. Um, yeah. Which his sister passed away from, and and he was serious about that. He was a real philanthropist. Yeah,
2: philanthropist. and and, and, he, and you know, and and speaking of guests, we're gonna have Aaron Sorkin coming up, so I don't want to I don't want to leave that up. So obviously, uh, Bob helped pave the way for us to get really amazing guests. But uh, you know, I went to that charity event probably I don't know five six years in a row, which was an incredible a uh, event. He raised millions of dollars for this disease that uh, most. A lot of people don't even know anything about, and you should check it out um, because uh, it's it's a horrific disease. And um, Bob was really doing some amazing things to make some inroads to um, to help it. So I it's just um, you know he was sixty five, which is not old, and and not not by not
1: in today not by
2: today's standards. And and it is one of those things again. I'm just sitting here, which we're going to get to in a minute. Talk a little bit about the show coming up, which we're we're you know hoping to be shooting in thirty days, to thirty to forty five days. So we really need this this fucking COVID stuff to, to get out of here. But Bob would have been, of course, he would have been in this right. and um, he would have been a part of it. And, um, you know, Connolly knows on my 45th birthday, him and Jeff Ross roasted me and uh, uh, came to the birthday party. And it was it was honestly this Connelly, was so who's, yeah, who's and, been uh, around, yeah. that was one of the great nights ever. Yeah. I mean, and Bob, you know, Bob is a, a
1: you know, a, a real true stand up comedian. And, and, I, and I think most people know this, but, you know, Bob's character on Full House was very different than the character that he played. Uh,
2: that his yeah, well, that's played. that's the interesting thing for me because I didn't really watch Full House, and I watched Bob as a stand-up, and right. Bob's so stand-up you know was, was stand-up. dirty, you right. know? He was super, super, super Yeah, dirty. so when I saw Full House, I was like, what is this? And and it was this interesting look for me. Who I I want I started out as a stand-up. I didn't get anywhere with it. I mean, I was I was okay. his colleague likes to make fun of me, but but it, it showed me that road of like, okay, this guy can do something that's completely the antithesis of what he's doing on on stage. So uh, you know,
1: we talk to a lot about you know um, you never know what you're what to expect from from actors, especially you know on. Uh, so I believe it was season two, episode four, and you know we you know we read the scripts, but. The first scene that we shot was we open the door and he comes in with the Full House DVDs, <laughs> right? So you know you you know it's Bob Saget, right? You know he's you know in the back of your head you know he's going to be great, but you still need to you know you're still curious about this first take. And they called action, and when he, that door opened and he came through that door, I just I just had like a quiet smile I said, "Holy shit, this guy is going to fucking murder this role." And lo and behold, he just was he just was great, and it's it's one of the more memorable uh, entourage cameos, and it really set the tone for. Cameos moving forward yeah. with the show, you know, and it's it's just it's just And he's also,
2: I mean, day. when he came on the podcast, it was like I remember going this is why I'm not a stand-up. The guy was just a on. joke machine, man. Yeah, he's just and, on. And, and and good jokes and smart and and some people like can think and dismiss him, but Bob Bob won an Academy Award for student films. And he was going to go to SC film school and it might've gone in a different direction or whatever. You know, when he came on the podcast, it was just like, ask a question and you could let him roll. And Bob, Bob would go. And, and of course, you know, one of our closest friends, Mike Young has been opening for Bob for years. And they had a fucking 22 city tour ready to go in a, in a month. Um, so
1: it's just the news is just all so new. So I think we're all just kind of taking it in and just like taking a step back. Yeah.
2: So, and, things. and, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm rewriting the script now, which we can talk about that process a little bit in a second. But like I get this news in the, in the middle of this last night um, and it, it kind of threw me. So anyway, um, um, his wife, be- Kelly, who I don't know well, but um, uh, I'm, I'm so sorry for her loss and everybody. Uh, just uh, Bob was a, a truly uh, great guy and uh, we will we'll miss him. So anyway, we'll be right back. Welcome back. Victory, the podcast. Aaron Sorkin is coming up. Are you nervous about Aaron Sorkin? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I am. love Aaron Sorkin. I love Aaron Sorkin. You and, always refer
1: to Aaron Sorkin. He's like the writer's writer.
2: Yeah. And there was like, uh, you don't need to jump on me, but there was like one thing, like, like David Mamet and Aaron Sorkin are like the two master dialogue guys to me. And there was right. like some New York Times article one once upon a time that, that wrote something like, you know, entourage was like Sorkin-esque or Mamet-esque. And, yeah. Mamet, Sorkin, <laughs> Ellen. Yeah. You all know? All managed so, to uh, capture. Yeah. It all disappeared since <laughs> then. But, you know, it felt good at that point. I mean, oh, he's a long uh, time ago. isn't Doug. He's you know I watched a few Good Men last night. I've right. watched West Wing as we talked about a few weeks ago, and and he's uh, he's incredible. And I now want to he's talking about Social
1: Network because I'm curious. I wonder if he's scared of Zuckerberg.
2: We'll ask him. Well, we'll, we'll get into all of that. I was talking last night. I'm 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 working on the script, which you know my process. Everybody was pretty psyched with the first draft, but uh, I think you're going to be. Um, Were you wearing a onesie? I was. Yeah, What's I love the onesie. Can we
1: talk about the onesie thing? Let's I'll just get. Just, let's just get. You know,
2: that it's performance art, bro. It, is
1: that what it is at yeah, this point? I mean, it's, like, it's
2: comfortable, but. It's beyond comfortable, but wearing it out in public, which I wore out with my daughter for breakfast, she lost her fucking mind. Well, She's like, "I'm sure not sitting was, with sure you." Sure, she was
1: mortified. Yeah, and but, and this is kind of a weird, maybe too much information. Do you wear underwear under yeah, that? Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm not commando. I wear underwear. <laughs> oh, thank God. Yeah, I wear a T-shirt too because I don't like to sweat on it. But uh, <laughs> well, that's but, what I, that was what I
1: was thinking. I mean, it's velour.
2: I'm like, I think even Zulai was like, "Is he
1: wearing anything under that?" Like underwear. Is, is that shirt? What Zulay's worried was about? Is about is that does that stress you out? Of sweating it? under that velour <laughs> onesie that he's walking around, dug and I were uh on the phone on the phone that night and i was laughing i was like it was like the scene in uh Casino, yeah. I'm like, and what the fuck are you wearing a onesie for anyway? You know I get calls from back home every day. They think he went fucking batshit. So this is, for anyone I who doesn't really know is, it, 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 it's De Niro and Pesci when, when
2: Pesci thinks De Niro's going crazy because all the weird outfits. And what the fuck are you doing on TV anyway? <laughs>
1: like, yeah. yeah, no, that's what it was doing, being on the TV show, but like, I do get calls from people like, yo, what's up with Doug in these onesies? I'm, I say the same thing. I'm like, yo, he's performance art, bro, content. Yeah, it's It's, 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 content. it's all it content, content
2: but I want to say this, and, and One Piece is the company. These things are they are so comfortable. Why and,
1: aren't they advertising on the podcast?
2: Well, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't do business. I just do. Just so everyone knows, because people keep writing me that. And by the way, Broke Mogul, Scott Vanner, our music genius, just wants to fucking hate on me every day wearing my onesie. But but I, I couldn't... I mean, you're, you you wear you have a target on your back in that one. I not only couldn't be more comfortable, but I can envision a world where everyone wears them, and then that's the new style. 30 years from now, everybody wears them. I can see it. Right. So, it would
1: be, you, would, you would have been really on the forefront, because right yeah, now, yeah. nobody else is wearing them. <laughs>
2: <watches. laughs> it, it, it's incredible, though. So but but they're they're They should be pe- they should be chipping in. I mean, we, we could try. You know, I don't do the business. I, just, I know, I I know just you don't. And, and the other
1: yeah. thing, too, is like everybody thinks that you like Doug. Again, I have to repeat this. Doug wears or promotes things that he likes. Yeah. Even without money. But I'm saying like, like my
2: yeah, mush. I just ate my mush. Connelly gets mad. I eat you know, my I mush. Don't, they don't pay us. Right. I, I they, they, totally. You know what they do? They, they send keep me alive. Lunch. That's what they, they do. They keep me lunch. healthy. Right. So yeah.
1: you get you get your like just them sending you onesies enough. But maybe maybe they can help. You know, yeah. maybe they should sell some ads. The, you could do the ad read for the onesies. Who no better? You're, you are the onesie guy. They must love you. Do they love you?
2: I mean, I, they've never told me they love me, but they send me uh, onesies. But
1: does somebody reach out and say, Doug, thank you for no like, wearing no. a onesie and no no really no no is it no. A big But company? they send. Me,
2: uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about him. We Nat- got to do some. We got to do Natalie some Mark uh, uh, set me up. But um,
1: I would. Uh,
2: I think, though, what I will say, though. that is, would
1: have to happen for me to wear a onesie and go to. Lunch, I don't know. I, I just don't like that kind I of
2: like, thing. You're the most fashionable guy around. I'm not, but I, I don't know. wear a onesie. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no Tom Ford. I'm still no wearing his onesies. Air Force Ones, which have been out of favor for like a decade. Oh, but, that's why people like but, my Air Force
1: Ones. Dr. Dave goes, do you mind if I wear Air Force Ones?
2: You know, I used to have. You know, I had 150 pairs of Air Force Ones at one point. But by the way great looking shoe. They're not comfortable and you should switch I'm to SBs. They're I, much I, more comfortable. I, I, better for you your were,
1: feet. You worry about your one <laughs> mine.
2: But what I will say is that um, um, I think people do appreciate that I I put things that I really do love. I did it on Entourage and I've always been that. I, I don't try to make money off of it. I try to really uh, get people to uh, yeah, love the things that I love. You've really gone above and beyond with the onesies, which is
1: why <laughs> I can't believe that they haven't called and said, hey, they sent me onesies. We w- well, what about what about Stock Tip Dave and BP Scotty and Carigian Like, they should
2: send onesies to the office. I don't know what would happen with Stock Tip going to the toilet five times an hour with the onesie. Well, That'd be, be a little complicated. It'd be easy. You could just unzip them. We'd have to put a back zipper for Stock Tip. By but, the way, uh,
1: on Friday night, we went to Craig's. To, we were there at like 5 o'clock to yeah. sit at the bar and have a couple drinks. And uh, there was a guy there. He was like, oh, man, I'm a huge fan of the podcast. And the guy was between Dave oh, nice. and I. And uh, he, he said, somehow it came up. He's like, oh, what's your name? He's like, oh, I'm Dave. He's like, are you stock tip Dave? You're the guy that shits in the office all the time? <laughs> <laughs> you saw Whitworth at the... Uh, I saw Whitworth. I saw Andrew Whitworth. We from went the Rams? the Rams game, yeah. Oh, tough fucking loss Dude, Andrew Whitworth. And even these guys said it. Like, you just don't realize how big the guy is.
2: Yeah. He just... I don't know. He, he but what's got- amazing about him, unlike, you know, when you think of those big linemen from the set, this guy is an athlete. What what did we say he was in golf? Like a like a oh, yeah. six no, or he, seven he, or something? Yeah, he hits the ball. He's, but he's agile. Like, like yesterday there was a play. Again, I, I'm actually upset. And and people used to trash me all the time when like, you're a Giants fan. Don't refer. Yeah, I, I want the Giants overall. Always, always and forever Giants blue. But, you know, uh, when I meet... These guys have become friends with them, we, I root for them. We've talked about this. It's hard not to. It's
1: like, listen, I'm a Dolphins fan, right? But, like, Ugh. Tom Brady did, in fact, do our movie, do our show, and he's been there for us. So it's, how how could I I mean yeah. it's hard to root against Tom Brady who's done well by us, right? Yeah, and and Whitworth
2: was our first athlete. He's yeah, and, and he's, now
1: and now Matthew Stafford, Kelly Stafford's got like a hit podcast here. So I want Kelly happy with and for Kelly to be happy, I need Matthew to
2: uh, be winning, you know. So I can't believe they lost. I actually went to write because I thought the game was over. You know,
1: we but, were at that we were we all went, we took the action. I know park, I wasn't uh, field Actually trip. Sarah's
2: very upset about that. You wouldn't have wanted it. Well, I, I was going to the game, but I, I was sick. So so I, I thank I mean, God we I don't have COVID, but I I actually canceled. Andrew got me tickets and I woke up with a fever, but I tested negative. So I I'm I'm good. But um We were we tailgated. But Sarah Sarah was very she she just thinks something's going on that I don't get invited to the Christmas parties, uh, the COVID Christmas party apparently yeah. where everyone <coughs> right. got COVID. Super so thank spreader, God I didn't go. Christmas party. Um but uh, what do you think about this?
1: Well, uh, well, there's a couple things. Um, yeah, tell me. Let's talk about the podcast. Uh, so, wait, uh,
2: wait, what podcast? I wanted to talk about the why I wasn't invited. I want you to explain to Sarah why I wasn't invited.
1: No, I mean, I, it's the same thing. I mean, it, it was,
2: you know. was <laughs> muttering, stuttering. You no, know, we yeah. did
1: a lot of, we did, a you know, the Rams victory, and it was the, in a partnership with Bud Light. I was
2: I was in that, wasn't
1: I? You were in that, but yeah. you weren't really behind the scenes. You are more on camera talent, and you know, Doug, you could have gone, easily
2: yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah. But um, I just have to, I just have to, like, assert myself. Like, yeah, you hey, guys, what are you say, doing like, today? Yeah like, like, yo, I'd like to come. That's cool, right? (laughs) But um, I don't think so. You know what the funny thing is? Sarah doesn't realize still I don't like to go anywhere. I, know that. I mean, like and I was going to go say. to the game because I wanted to like go sit in the Rams box and see Andrew and stuff, and and make up for when Kevin Dillon went to the game and caused all these problems. All for
1: also, him. too, like there, we when the season's over, we got to get Whitworth in here because his story and said, We need to hear it from Whitworth because yeah. and, and and his wife because it's it's we should get the two of them. In that would here. be
2: great with Dillon. With Dillon, if we can ever find because him.
1: because it's 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 pretty funny. But the other thing about about a SoFi Stadium, for the love of God, I mean, have you been?
2: No. Dude, Amazing. this is
1: like nothing I've ever seen before in my life. All right, now so you know, obviously I'm a hockey guy, so I'm used to you know I'm used to seventeen thousand, eighteen thousand, eighty thousand people in SoFi Stadium watching this game. Going, I mean it was it and the was, stadium's
2: just incredible. Just,
1: stadium is incredible. It's just the the video board. I mean, was what what, what did they say? The video board cost seven hundred and fifty million dollars for the video board.
2: Is that a real number? You're making that
1: up. No, I think that's what he said. Something that sounds, like that. And then that's an
2: expensive television.
1: Yeah, and then it costs like you know like a, like a you like million dollars to to hang it I
2: mean this thing is and you realize uh, I mean not to be an asshole or not to you know because I know I don't get the invites you realize I I envisioned and created this on the show right Casey Wasserman like was on the show talking about like this happening and there it, it is. Yeah. So now five that- five years,
1: five billion dollars. And um it's just it's just outrageous. But I did think about you. There's a dude, there's a lot of people, bro.
2: Glad you thought about me when I was, but I was thinking like, yeah, I mean it's it's a lot.
1: <laughs> It's a lot to, you know, yeah. if you're not into the crowds and all that, there was a lot going
2: on. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm. But I'm ho- we did some business. We bounced around. Are you we rooting the for the Rams light. to win the Super Bowl, though? Yeah. I would like to see. The, now I would. Yeah. I'd like to see the Rams win now the Super Bowl. Now you would, now that the Dolphins have no coach and have no future? What? Well, I mean, yeah. I don't want to get into that. But um. all right. All right. Let's, so let's get into a couple other things. All right. As long as we're talking before, about before my girlfriend, Sarah, Sarah Sanders, Sanderson. I, I heard one of the most disturbing things I've, <laughs> I've heard in a long time. <laughs> this okay? is
1: taking way out of God. Look, I'm, I'm looking over in the booth right now, guys. You're about to hear that.
2: So my beautiful, up my version. beautiful girlfriend, uh, Comic actor uh, who's uh, also sweet, sweetness, uh, uh, just embodied, and your beautiful uh, baby Mama Zulai. Uh, they decided they wanted to do a podcast, so they tell me they're going to to pitch you. Which is, <laughs> I, I mean, the, the whole idea that they have to I, I need everyone to understand the cost of a podcast is really in the talent and what you're willing to pay them. So, which you know what Connolly paid us when we started, right. so, so there's no real cost. But so, Sarah, who takes things very seriously, she doesn't mess around. When she's told she's got to get a pitch ready. I mean, she's like working to pitch Kevin, studio boss Kevin Connolly, this fucking podcast. And then she comes home and she's all excited. And she goes, This is hilarious. He gave us a six-episode order. Hey, we got picked up for six episodes. And I I said, is this fucking guy out of his mind? You'll do a thousand episodes I, if you want. I was I was hysterically
1: laughing when that when you caught Doug's like, Kevin, Kevin, what a what a great guy. You gave him a six-episode order. You're a real Wow. I mean, wow, like the cost amazing. of this, they, there's
2: that's not amazing. even lunch included. So it's, it, what's the real cost? We got the editing. We got the sound guys. We a few a man, hundred bucks, a man, yeah, an a few, bucks an episode. A few hundred bucks an episode. A few hundred I, bucks an I episode. I would like to double that order and pay for those extra six.
1: You don't have to pay for it. Look, here, here's, <laughs> here's what it is. It's it's not that. It's just, you know, the, the market is it's very saturated with podcasts. And I, for me, I'm just all about managing expectations. Right, right. You know what I mean? It's like You want to keep
2: people thinking the worst is what I, well, you do. I, I don't them, know if it's I managing them, I just,
1: expectations. It is managing expectations. Expectations because I think people think that the downloads are out there for the taking and it's a very saturated market. Now, that's not to say, you know, I mean, you know, if it hits, it hits. And but, you know, it's like I, I just don't want them to put too much where I think they should do a few.
2: Well, here's what I'll say to the world out the outside that's listening. Of course, it's hard to get an audience. I think the real important thing, because this is so inexpensive to do, if you want to do a podcast, go do it. And go hone your skills and get better. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why I said, that's the only reason why I said six. I said, let's put six in the key. But what happened? They, wait, do they have a, a mile marker? They have to get a certain number to get no, seven? Not, or what? Not,
1: not, no, there's no mile marker, but at a certain point, you might go, this just isn't worth our time.
2: Yeah. Right? I don't, I, I see, I think this is a creative outlet. That it might not be worth your time because you stress about it or have to do things, it might not be worth the editor 's time, but for them, I think they 're both actors they 're both uh, comedians, I think it 's good for them to hone their craft, and since we 're going to put both of them in this new show, I think that uh, anything that can get them working right now because it 's so hard to do anything right now, the whole world is kind of shut down again a little bit right. it 's hard, hard to get going so and also I, you understand what i 'm saying about managing
1: expectations i do and it 's like you know we had you know with victory, we had entourage to sort of kind of you know our stories and that to kind
2: of move Oh, now you're making it like you knew we were going to be a success. You managed our expectations. No, Plenty. Well,
1: well, well, it's true, though. It's true. So it's like, I I just don't want, you know, because the thing about podcasts is like, there will be a number at the end of the episode will air and there will be a number of downloads. And and a lot of times people don't want to either A, hear that or accept (laughs) it, but it is what it is. It's not,
2: it's to the number. I think Sarah, and I don't know about Zula yet, but Sarah's, I think she's more uh, a positive person who's going to go into this with like, I want to get good. I want to to make it good, and, and hopefully the numbers will follow, which is how I was with Victory. I said, listen, if two people listen, I'd like to see if we're even good at this. If anybody like, thinks we're decent, then we can figure out ways to strategize. I want to talk about uh, Sarah a little bit because of this traumatic event that happened. Sarah left me, uh, left me for Christmas to go home and see her family for 10 days, and uh, I was left in charge of, of her cats, which I now consider my cats. They but, are your uh, cats. But Sarah Sanderson, who's now, I mean, my house is, uh, it, it, it might as well be Fort Knox because there's so many cameras around my house that anytime I move, my girlfriend from Austin, Texas knows where i went. Where are you going? Like, the ring tells her, like, I've opened the gate, I've moved, I've done this. Vivin too, where you could actually
1: talk. I'm I'm in the backyard cleaning (sighs) up dog shit, and she's like, hi, handsome. I'm like... (laughs) Hey, where are you? She's like, I'm in Woodland Hills at my mom's. I'm like, stop talking to me I through mean, the camera. It's like,
2: honestly, it's so unnerving. I think there is a new world, by the way. I, I'm, I'm never been a cheater and never will be, but there's no way to cheat anyway. I can't even leave the house it's without impo- her knowing. It's
1: impossible. Yeah, there's not a there's not a weak spot. There's not an exit or an entrance that you couldn't be documented getting in or out. It's true,
2: right? So, but let me tell you, Sarah, she's a little neurotic, and I don't know if Zula is with this, and I know Zula is a, a pet lover like Sarah and and you and I are. But uh, so I'm responsible for the cats on my own. Because which,
1: they're your cats.
2: But I'm saying she doesn't look at it that way. Right. So it was like she was leaving me as if I'm some lunatic that is going to be doing something so insane every two minutes, she's got... Right, like as if you're going to have some party and
1: somebody's going to leave the door open. You're like, there's nobody here. It's just me in a onesie. Yeah, it's just and me. Edibles. And <laughs> Me
2: high as hell in a onesie fucking banging the keyboard with this script. So, let, let me just explain. My house is no mansion. It's a beautiful house. It's great. It's no mansion. It's a mansion. I've right? never, never lost an animal inside the house. It's never happened. Okay? There's 13 cameras around my house. If you want to come after me, besides the German Shepherds and the guns inside, you will be caught because there's so many cameras that I will see, see your guns th- that, will, that will see every single angle of this house, okay. But I haven't gone anywhere, and I know that you do. An, you an Amazon go. package comes up, a delivery from Din Tai Fung from Postmates comes Jesus. up, but anyway, I'm They're now like, going to run these dumplings up to that weirdo in the onesie. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, okay. Tonight is the night where I watch a movie, I take my edibles and just me and my animals hang out. You love it. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, That's no, I'm, I'm so, happy. I'm That's be- right. Sarah leaves for Austin, she's like she like, Do you
1: feel bad that Doug's home alone? I go, no, he Likes oh, it. It's phenomenal. He wants it's to phenomenal. be home.
2: He's doubling up on the dosage. Okay, but my piece was destroyed. I, I'm sure this was one of the most traumatic nights of my entire life. Oh wow, it went on. It I'm high trick. as hell. I'm watching a movie. I've got my my dog here and my one cat, Luke, who's like 23 pounds. This guy's so fat, but he's million, awesome. 40 million inch TV. So and I'm just Found. like, no one's bothering me. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, huh, where's hey. where's Lily, the other cat? I've seen Lily in a minute? Where's yeah, Lily? Where's Lily? So I start walking around, and I'm really high. And I am walking around for 25 minutes. This house is not that big, now, for real.
1: I, now, I'm not a cat guy. Can you call a cat? Yeah, yeah, of course. And they'll come out? They will come them? out. Really? Yes, I didn't
2: know that. A, they will come out. Ish. B that wait did someone in the booth shake their head? This is a couple of uh, these cats are like dogs. First of all, they fetch. They come. They fetch. They do. (laughs) I swear to God, you throw something, they run and get it, and they drop it at you, and they wait for you to throw again. You can play fetch with your cat, hundred percent. I'd like to see that. Now Luke's like a little fat, so he's a little lazy. Yeah, but this Lily. What about Lily? Lily plays. She plays fetch. I would like to see a video. I'll send you videos. I'll send you videos. We'll
1: throw it up on the uh, APM
2: TikTok. (laughs) 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 I'm walking around shaking the treats, Lily. Yeah, and Luke, Luke. Luke, the fat one that can't eat too many more treats is just like, give me those fucking treats. And I'm like, I'm not. Luke, these aren't for you. Then I break out. What noise do you make to call a cat? Like with Brody, I'm like... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. Did but I'll call them by name. They know their name. I'll go I'll go Luke, and he'll go, Wow. I'll go Lily. She'll go, Meow. Jesus. Yeah, this is real shit. Real So, But anyway, there's no fucking noise. Radio silence. From Radio me. silence. And I'm going everywhere. Then, it's it, now it's about 25, 30 minutes. And Sarah's like, everything okay? And I'm like, first of all, my night's Even ruined. though it wouldn't be your fault,
1: you were, you theoretically were behind the wheel.
2: But you know what the other thing is? And, and I, I can only talk about this with you here. Because if I talk about this with Sarah uh, in person, she'll get mad. I feel like she is looking for me to fail. She thinks I'm going to fail. She thinks I'm a moron. She thinks I can't handle the cats. So I'm already now, my anxiety is raising that I did exactly what she was worried about. I lost a cat. I must have, Amazon must have, have, have delivered. I opened I mean, the door it could, and I mean, it jumped it, out. It could happen. Yeah, okay. Right? So, but in the in the two years they've lived with me, they've never uh, no escaped. No close calls. Or N- nothing. So this is when you start getting desperate. I break out the tuna. I open up a can Jesus. of tuna and I am walking around the house. And there, Lily, is no sound. Okay. Now, I don't even know if I should. By the way, did you find... Uh, now I'm nervous. When did you find Lily? Wait, Where no, there's she? so much in between this. I have to call Sarah. Do you know how scared I am, A, to call her, and B, I'm like... Because she's helpless, she's far away, she can't do anything. She can't do anything, but I'm also, I'm really upset, but I'm also scared she's going to monitor how upset I am. So right. I have to, I, I feel like like a dateline... She's going to be
1: able to tell, based on your reaction, how scared you are and how big of a deal this is.
2: Yeah, but I'm so scared that I'm worried about my performance, which is ridiculous, because I'm actually really upset about it, but I'm worried she He's going to judge me because just, you know, it's like, well, yeah, you
1: act like you, the cat's missing. You're acting like you don't have a care in the world. yeah So I
2: don't know what to do. And the truth is, I'm really, really, really upset about this. Right. And I'm also really high. And I, I just I don't want to have this conversation. But I finally it's 50 minutes and I call her and I I don't know. I, I'm being where serious. was Lily? Hold on, because I don't know if I if this is if this was acting, if this was real or not. But when I called her, I start I, I started crying and I, I don't think I was performing. I think I was really upset. But it was also she you got st- caught in the moment. She scares me, though. Sarah fucking scares me. She's she's. She, I, I know she's sitting in Austin with all the people, and they're like, the Jew lost our fucking cat on Christmas fucking Eve. I yeah, know it's it, happening. Right. No, so I, I hear you, though. So you're, I'm it, in a panic. Scary. Right. And, and, and I call her, and then I'm like, and she's actually really calm, which was so unnerving. She wasn't, like, hysterical. She's like, you got to go here. Anyway, 45 minutes, then all of her friends start calling me. So she sent out the word. Sends out the word. They're all going to come over and help me look.
1: Search party for Lily.
2: I am, Kev, I am high as hell. In and a onesie, I'm, and you don't want to see any of her friends.
1: <laughs> well, I, I just... Like,
2: do I have to get dressed? Do I have to put on a new onesie? I just want the cat. Now, here's here's my, here's my bad lie, okay? You tell me what you would do. I'm high as hell, and I do not want to drive. But Sarah now is like... You have to. Well, you got to roll the dice. Wait, I mean, no, you have you to print up. You have to print up flyers oh. and put them on trees all over the neighborhood. But first, you have to drive around the neighborhood. So first, she sends me a picture. I have the flyer. I print a hundred flyers. I, there's no tape in my house, so I'm like, oh my god, I have to get Jeez, tape. So I get in the car. Now I know Sarah can see me through every camera, so I have to drive away. But there's no way that me, thank God, even in my high state, is going to drive this car because I. Could theoretically kill somebody. Yeah, you're smart. Though. So, but I have to pull around the corner because I'm scared. Sarah's. you have to f- appear
1: that you you've left the premises to look for the cat.
2: Yes, and I'm feeling really guilty about this. And I know her friends are on her way over. They may see me sit and on the corner. They're aggressive. The friends are oh, aggressive. Oh, they're yeah, not they're fucking around. And one of them, Shira, who I love, you know Shira, but Shira's like a Shira's like a fanatical she's got an animal, you know, shelter. So
1: all of this is coming well, in. Wait, and did was there a picture of Lily on a telephone
2: pole somewhere? It never there? got up because I don't have any fucking Jeez tape. And I'm asking the girls if they could bring tape, but at the same time I'm lying that I'm Why didn't going you to call get me. I don't think you would have showed up. I would have showed up. Maybe if it I was Baron. I don't think for the cats. I, I you I don't would've... understand. Dude, if cats. you
1: called me in a panic, I know listen, if I lost Chloe. I, I don't know that I don't I don't know how Zulai and I she would be fucking.
2: I have to look at the dates. It might have been Christmas Eve, but anyway, I am I am and not, plus coyotes, dude. Every time I see a, a
1: picture of a cat, like a missing cat on a telephone pole, I think like that cat was a coyote's dinner.
2: Oh, well, well now I'm sitting in this car like a moron, and now Sarah calls me, who 20 minutes ago was really calm that calmed me down. Now she's hysterical. I mean, I see her and she is absolutely hysterical, and I'm like, I know she's blaming me, so all of it. I know, I guess what I'm saying is I know what people who are falsely accused of murder, like, go through. Because you, you don't want to be defensive. I'm like, I know I did not lose this cat. I know I did not leave a Let, door open. But, uh, but what else can I say? Well, let's get to it. What happened with the cat? So I finally, like, her friends are coming over. And I finally, like, I, I, I do my fake. I'm around the corner for 30 minutes. Like, I drove to Rite Aid, which I did not. And I, I walk back into the house. And I really am. I'm like, part of me is, like, devastated that, I, that somehow I lost the cat. And part of me is really angry because I know I didn't lose the cat. And I walk in and I'm like, oh, meow. <laughs> and, and there's Lily. And there's Lily. And I look at her, which is uh, maybe it's on the ring. I wonder if Sarah saved it because there's a ring in my house, too. She can see me in the house also Jeez. in my ones. So I, I look at this cat. I'm like, you motherfucker. She hit in the two years. She's never hid like this. I don't still don't know where she went. Sure I have no is. idea. So I, I, I then call Sarah. I'm like, I have Lily and I'm mad at you. And she's like, what are you mad at me for? I'm like, because I know you're sitting around Austin blaming me. I know you're telling your mother's saying oh, that were I did talking it. talking
1: so much shit about you when that cat was For nice sure. And-, right.
2: and I didn't do it, Kev. You didn't, I didn't do, it. do it. You didn't do it. The cat's alive. And I didn't drive recklessly and on drugs. So. Smart. So, so, so
1: I had, this is funny because this happened on Saturday. So on Saturday, we went to, um, by the way, did the Century City Mall, did you, the Century City Mall, like literally, blows the doors off the grove like we oh, went yeah. took the baby to lived the mall. There. We, had, we went to the mall we took the baby out we had a great day we come back and it's nap time for the baby now when you're a new parent when when it's nap time for the baby everybody should take a nap during that nap time because you need we you need it so <laughs> yeah. long story short we all fall asleep i wake up to a text message from the neighbor it's four thirty in the afternoon neighbor says hey kev just a heads up there's a very healthy-looking coyote that I just saw walking up your driveway. Right. So away I go to the cameras, and I pull it up, and this giant-ass coyote <laughs> standing on my front porch. Ooh. Walked around the house. He was by the garage. He was, like, stalking. He was looking for the animals Yeah. for... So I went, and I have a pellet gun. I'll defend my my animals with this pellet gun. So I'm like in my underwear with a flashlight and this and this pellet gun. Terrible view. Are you allowed to Are you allowed to uh, shoot coyotes with pellet guns? No, but don't shoot them. Like in the ass. I wouldn't like to try to kill them, but like give them a stinger in the ass. Doug, I'm telling you right now, that coyote would have had Lily. Like that. And it would have been over. Can't hungry. you shoot
2: it in the air? Why do I, you have to shoot it in the air? I will no. shoot, well, we'll shoot, shoot him in the ass.
1: Why can't you shoot it in the ass. air? Just to scare him. Because it's a whisper. It's a whisper. Right, well, I don't want to shoot anyone, but I, I do want to defend. Say, I will defend Brody and Chloe from Coyotes. From but, coyotes.
2: but you won't give your baby mama uh, seven episodes of a podcast. We'll anyway. See, we'll see what numbers. We'll see what kind of numbers she pulls. I'm excited. Connolly's going to learn a little bit about... Uh, what, what I go through here, but one of my favorite writers, one of the inspirations for me to even get into this business, who's just, uh, incredible. And we were lucky enough to get him to come act on uh, entourage, but Aaron Sorkin, how you doing? Doing well. How are you? Oh, we're good. You know, just, uh, you know, in LA where everything's kind of crazy, but, uh, congrats yeah. on the movie. I, I just watched being the Ricardo's a couple of nights ago. It was great.
0: Um, uh, thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah.
2: How was that experience with, uh, I mean, how do you go about when you're doing a a kind of uh, a period piece and historical. uh, Are you um, kind of stuck with absolute history of what you've read or do you kind of take some liberties with, with how you're going to make the drama work?
0: Well, you know, for me, it's because I've, I've written a few nonfiction films and uh, it's, it's not meant to be a photograph. It's meant to be a painting. And there's, there's a difference between uh, truth and accuracy. Accuracy is what journalists go for. um, And, uh, some measure of truth is what you and I go for. Here's a, Let me give you a quick example from the social network. Mark Zuckerberg had uh, a date that didn't go well uh, with a woman, went back to his dorm room and started blogging about it. And I had his blog. Uh, and on this night, he was drinking, he was drunk. I know that because he tells us so uh, in his blog. And he starts hacking into the student directories of uh, other dorms at Harvard or houses, uh, they call them. And he starts making this hot or not website called FaceMash, which would kind of turn into Facebook. Anyway, uh, this, the scene that I wrote, I imagined the bad date, uh, uh, that, that opening scene with Rumi Mara.
2: It's amazing. And he goes
0: back. I had to go back to his dorm room. What I wrote was that we're on his computer. Uh, he walks into the frame, powers up the computer, walks out of the frame, and then he comes in. Uh, puts a glass down on his desk, puts ice in the glass, put, puts vodka in, puts orange juice in. All the while, we're hearing a voiceover from his blog and and he starts typing. Uh, and about two weeks before production started, we found out that he was drinking beer uh, that night. Bex, uh, to be exact. And David Fincher uh, uh, said, you know, OK, we're going to have to change it to beer. Bex. And I said, well, let's not do that. Uh, it, it wasn't just that making a screwdriver is just more visually interesting than opening a bottle of beer, uh, but he was drinking to get drunk. We again, we knew that because he told us. Uh, and just opening a beer may not read as drinking to get drunk. It may just read as this is a college student on a Tuesday night. It's hot and he's having a beer. Uh, and that was I lost that fight by the way in the movie. <laughs> it's uh, it's beer, but. Right. Um, and that's just an example of how, in that case, accuracy would obscure the more important truth, which is that he was drinking to get drunk. Uh,
2: uh, that's amazing. And, and even more so, I want to know, uh, you've now become a very obviously successful director but when you're working with a guy who's considered a master fincher and you are this uh, academy award winning screenwriter how does that how do those battles work does he really include you in the process and um
0: yeah david does and um i by the way you know i i I have started directing but i am not done wanting to work with great directors kevin if you're listening throwing you a (laughs) <laughs> I'm employable <laughs> uh,
2: as an actor though Aaron or as a writer you ready you don't you really want to start getting no, your screenplays no, no, back not
0: as, I, I make fun of myself as an actor uh, uh, as a writer I had a great uh, uh, working relationship with, with David Fincher it was very much uh, the kind of relationship I have with a director on a play
2: well, I, I want to talk about a little bit about performance. You're now doing, which I watched. I, I just wrote a new script. Finally, I've took a little bit of uh, time off and I watched your masterclass because I, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever done any of this stuff, but every time by the way, Doug is secretly your biggest fan. Oh, way, for Mr. sure. Just saying, so you no, know, <laughs> he's, oh, he's uncomfortable. That, right
0: that's now. really, <laughs> nice. I
1: appreciate
2: I, he knows that. But, uh, but I mean, you know, did you want to be a performer? You're I completely forgot you were in a few good men. So I saw it and then I look up, you're in sports night as well. And like, and, and where does this? this come from and West Wing, so... Uh,
0: I was... Uh, okay. Um, uh, so, uh, I, I did, you know, when I was a kid, when I was in high school, when I was in college, uh, I did think that what I wanted to be was an actor, uh, and I uh, studied acting a lot, uh, and it, it, it wasn't until like, like right after I, I got out of school and came to New York, uh, that I realized that all those years that, you know, my friends in class were learning how to act. I was kind of learning what a play was. Uh, and, uh, I I, for, fr- for the first time in my life, I just started writing for pleasure instead of a chore to be gotten through for a school assignment. I was writing dialogue and, and I loved it. And I felt a, confidence with it that I, I never felt uh, as an actor and I was, I was a pretty cocky actor <laughs> right. uh, so so that's what I did and as far as <laughs> listen like a few good men there was this guy with two lines in a bar uh, and he needed to be a, a jerky lawyer That Tom Cruise was looking at and realizing, I don't want to be that guy. Uh, And Rob Reiner, the director, just said, hey, a jerky lawyer, that should be you. (laughs) Uh, And then he said the same thing with the American president. Uh, There was a a jerky um, ad guy in the social network, and Fincher said, that jerky guy should be you.
2: (laughs) So what do you think this is about this jerky guy
0: thing? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, and then you guys called uh, and said you want to play yourself uh, on Entourage. And d- the truth of the matter is, you know, I'm I'm not a good actor, um, and uh, I I don't much like looking at myself. But then my ego says. Come on, of course you want to play yourself uh, on Entourage. And, <laughs> Was like, that dude, your
1: biggest well, acting role? Was that your biggest acting role on by Entourage? Far. By far,
0: right? <laughs> by far yeah um uh, I, I played myself on 30 rock too but um I, I got two episodes on, um, on Entourage. and
1: an episode I'm named never after got you. To work with you Kevin which I regret I, yeah believe me I regret it too I regret it too but you had an episode named
0: after you
2: too which is also <laughs> I did. that's the double honor
0: right yeah, there that was a <clears throat> that was a huge deal believe me that wasn't lost on me <laughs>
2: So, but Aaron, when you, when you get that script, because believe me, I was like, oh God, he's going to, he's going to, I get enough shit from Kevin Connolly when he gets right. the script, he wants to rewrite it. When you got that script, and I'm not looking for, I'm not fishing for compliments at all here. But Doug, but were
1: you nervous to send him the script? Beyond, course, are you
2: right? kidding me? Beyond nervous. So you get it, and and we actually spoke about it. I'm like, Aaron, we could change this however you want. If you but really
1: hate this, <laughs> you can rewrite
2: the script. <laughs> you could rewrite the whole show, actually.
0: Uh, I thought it was great. First of all, when I got the script, the the biggest thing was that, you know I am I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of entourage the biggest thing was that I got to read an entourage script well before it was on the air um so so that was fun uh and uh, you know it was all great uh that that first episode you know I got to do a scene with Gary Cole yeah
2: it was amazing um, he's amazing
0: uh, he, he he really is he really is uh in the second one uh the, the scene was was with uh uh Jessica Simpson. <laughs> But (laughs) also shooting that day was Mike Tyson. Yeah, Um, just a regular uh, day
1: on the entourage set. Jessica Simpson. It it
0: sounds like it. Uh, it. It sounds like it. Mike Tyson, by the way, turns out to be the nicest guy in the world. The,
2: right. the, the best, you know, and we came up with a show that day, which actually got John Ridley to write and Spike Lee ended up directing, but it never, it never went. Unfortunately, we shot the pilot, but it never went. So, but that came out of that. It's a remake bit. of the
0: Brady Bunch. With-
2: <laughs> 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 it was actually called the Brick, and it was right. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. John Boyega was in it. Uh, it's a shame that it didn't go. But so, um, what? is what's the next plan for you? You now really seem like you're loving this historical stuff of Chicago eight and and social network. And you're really delving into the stuff that I've always been terrified to do, which is research. I usually just like to write what comes out of my brain. But um, is there another one that you're thinking about?
0: You know, for the first time in a, in a while, I don't know what I'm doing next. Uh, and it's scary. It's kind of exciting. Uh, but when I'm shopping around for something to do, it's not about, a theme or a genre. um, It's, you know, it's the way a batter looks for a pitch to hit. Um, uh, You're just kind of looking for your pitch. Do I have a chance of writing a good screenplay? Not a guarantee. Uh, uh, Is there a chance I could write a good screenplay? Is this my pitch? Uh, So I'm kind of looking around for a pitch to hit. And and
2: what's your process like of I mean, you do American President, which is actually one of my my favorite movies, and then nice yeah, and then, all
1: your stuff is his favorite, and no, no, no matter no, what but, you but, say. But,
2: he's but say that. listen, they are they really are all great. I'm not bullshitting, but that but that movie especially is. Do you, are you on that set thinking that uh, I want to do a TV show and kind of set it in this world? And by the way, we're about to work with Martin Sheen, so uh, we love well, Martin. At the time
0: of your life working with Martin Sheen, no. What what happened was uh, no to your question. Am I on the American President set? thinking this would be a TV show. Uh, I I hadn't, I hadn't thought about television at all because I don't, I didn't know anything about television. My first screenplay was a few good men. I was adapting it from my play. And when I wrote a few good men, uh, not only hadn't I ever written a screenplay, I'd never read a
1: screenplay.
0: Uh, so, uh, I was, you know, I thought of myself as somebody who, who understood plays, who was comfortable in that world. Um, but it just, it, never occurred to me that film and television was something I could also do. Uh, But uh, my agent wanted me, this was in like 1999, uh, my agent wanted me to have lunch with John Wells, uh, who was like producing good television uh, back then, ER, China Beach. uh, And, uh, you know, and I I said, sure, John Wells seemed like somebody I wanted to meet, though I had no intention of, I I had no idea for a TV show. The night before that John Wells lunch, couple of friends were over at my house at dinner, uh, one of whom was Akiva Goldsman, who hadn't yet won the Oscar for Writing a Beautiful Mind. And he and I went down to my office in the basement to steal a cigarette. Uh, and he saw the American president. And I, and I told him, I've got this lunch with John Wells the next day, um, uh, even though I'm, I don't have an idea for a television show. Anyway, we were down in the office and he pointed the American president poster and he said, "You know, nope, make a good TV series. <laughs> that Wow. You know, if it wasn't about the romance between the president and the lobbyists, it was kind of about the senior staffers. I said, Keevy, I'm, I'm not writing a television show. And the next day I went to this lunch and I thought it was just a, 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 a hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. General with uh, uh, John Wells. When I walked into the restaurant, I saw it was John and CAA agents and Warner Brothers uh, uh, executives, and this wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And right away, John said, so what do you want to do? And instead of saying, listen, I think there's been a mistake. I ha- I don't have anything to pitch to you uh, uh, today. Uh, I said, uh, I want to do a TV series about senior staffers at the White House. And John said, OK, you got a deal. And <laughs> suddenly... <laughs> Suddenly, I I, I uh, had to go and write a pilot uh, uh, of The West Wing, and, and it didn't even occur to me you, you might have to write episode two uh, <laughs> as well. Um, anyway, that was. Uh, uh, I not, think uh, for four years I had the best job in show business.
2: I mean that, that's absolutely amazing what uh, you know I've spoke on this podcast a bunch I mean I've watched every time I start a pilot I'm serious with this I watched the West Wing pilot because it's he thinks it, it's, it's the best pilot uh, I, I mean it's it's a master oh, it, it is it's a master class in setting up a world and, and a universe so did you go and read some books did you watch some other pilots or did you just have an instinct that I can turn this into 44 minutes with commercials and make it, it really does feel like a, a movie to me. So
0: yeah, I'd say it was, um, I'd say, I, mean, I are, are you asking me, did I, like re- read books on how to write a, a television? <laughs> no,
2: or do you research uh, the West what, Wing? No, or, that's uh, what I'm asking. Oh, no, yes. I'm asking. Um, I am asking.
0: One thing it. I did do, not, not intensive research at all, but if I can be a fly on a wall, uh, in a place for a couple of days, I don't know. I feel like I can get a sense of it and then I can, I can make it mine. I can just create a world that's mine, but that, you know, Lives in reality somehow. And so I was able to hang out at the White House, uh, both for the American president and for the West Wing. Uh, And then by the time we got to the end of the first season of the West Wing, and we would go to Washington three times a year to shoot exteriors. um, Our third trip to Washington, and by then the show was on the air. The cast of the West Wing, these guys were the Beatles uh, in D.C. Is that a Kevin, you guys shot on location uh, from time to time. Too. Oh, yeah. Always. Yeah, yeah. It, that has to be how you were treated.
1: Yeah, it got to, you know, it didn't start off that way. But, you know, once the show kicked into gear, when we would go out, it, it did become increasingly harder to shoot in public places, especially when we were scenes where we were all together. Um, yeah, it was pretty tough.
0: Oh yeah, I remember um, on a press tour I was on the campus of the University of Michigan, and I saw a kid wearing a T-shirt that said Ari is my agent, <laughs> and I had to have my picture taken with him because Ari is my agent. All <laughs> right,
2: you got to send us that picture. That's amazing. That's
0: I, yeah, I, I, I will. <laughs> I, I have a question.
1: So you've you've done these these pieces on on people that are alive, for example, The Social Network, which was which was excellent. Can't imagine Zuckerberg was over the moon, or <laughs> no, he was he not over the? You know, and and then and. And then you know molly's game you do these things where it, it, there, it's not too far in the past that's kind of sort of new and these people are still sort of around so do you deal with do you get out in front of that and go whether it was molly's game or 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 the social network and say hey listen we're doing this do you try to get out in front of it at all or you just kind of wait for the phone to ring and 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 let the chips fall where they may no i
0: do try to get in front of it um first of all i i I, I want to, if they're willing, include them in in the research process. Uh, in, you know, in the case of Mark, uh, uh, you're right. Uh, the, we, we, we actually did get input from Facebook kind of uh, under the table. Um, but, um, you know, th- they and Mark chose not to participate. Uh, but, you know, we gave them the first draft. We gave them the shooting script, uh, uh, sh- showed them... Uh, screenings before we started. We didn't want to ambush anybody. Same with uh, all all the nonfiction that I've done with uh, being the Ricardos, uh, Lucy Arnaz, uh, Desi and Lucy's daughter uh, has been involved from the beginning. Right.
2: That's cool. And then they were, I mean, Zuckerberg obviously was not happy with it. So what did Facebook say?
0: Well, you know what? Um, He, he wasn't happy with it yet uh, on the afternoon that the movie opened, he bought out an entire Cineplex, like eight theaters. Um, gave the staff the afternoon off. They had a, a social network watching party, and then he bought out a bar, um, and uh, they made like apple teenies, uh, the the drink of the bar. An, an apple tini is what Sean Parker, uh, Justin Timberlake, right. orders. Right. That
2: impresses them so much. That's <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, last thing before we let you go, did, is this true? Did you write a few good men on cocktail napkins? Now, how that, can that be? Is that a true story? Come on.
0: As a matter of fact, it, it is a true story. I know that it's one of those stories one day that'll be a popular of but, um, uh, I had, uh, you know, a lot of survival jobs, uh, uh, in New York. Uh, the, but my main one was I, I was a bartender in Broadway theaters. Uh, and when you do that, you're you're working, you come in, you set up the bar, and you're serving drinks for the half-hour walk-in before the show starts, and intermission. But during the first act, you don't really have anything to do. I was working at the Palace Theater, where La Cage was, and I was writing a few good men on cocktail napkins.
1: Did you actually write the line, you can't handle the truth, or was that improv by Nick? Did you actually write
0: that yes, line? Uh, I, I did write that line. Wow. Um, uh, uh, nothing was improvised in the movie. Uh, I, I did that, write that line, with a nice assist from Jack Nicholson.
2: Um, I mean, when you saw Jack, when you saw Jack delivering that the, those <laughs> moments where you are like, okay, uh,
0: it was the most amazing thing. It was was the first table read, um uh, and his first line is on page twenty eight of the script. It's who the fuck is William T. Santiago? <laughs> um, and when he said it, it must have been like eighty people in the room. When he said it, there was like an Audible sound that everyone made of like, shit, that's not a Nicholson impersonator. <laughs> right. um, uh, uh, that was Nicholson.
2: Right. It really is amazing because, you know, obviously everyone is so great in the movie, but the second he comes on, it's like, holy oh, yeah, shit. That's Nicholson. And, and honestly, I felt the same way. The West Wing, you're watching that first five minutes and it's like every single person's going to win an Emmy. But when Martin Sheen <laughs> shows up 30 minutes into it, however long, it goes to a whole other place. And you're just like, I can't believe Martin Sheen can top everything that already happened. You know, well,
0: like you, uh, i I
2: was blessed with a great cast, yeah it's awesome
0: last question I got the last question I said I was gonna I, let
2: him go I, I
0: know we're gonna let you go but <laughs> but I, I I
1: think it's so the the ironic thing about the social network to me was <laughs> that I we, we were all learning about Facebook it was happening it was like almost happening in real time Facebook was growing the movie came out we all learned a little peek behind the curtain of how it happened. Could you ever in your wildest imagination when you were making that movie or anyone uh, have possibly imagined that that Facebook would become I, I don't almost almost uh, out of control for
0: lack of a better. I, the short answer is no. Um, uh, and maybe it was a failure of imagination. Uh, uh, but no, I, I thought our biggest problem was that we were going to kind of be socializing in a silly way. Right. Um, not that uh, Facebook or Mark would feel somehow that uh, with technology where it is government really isn't important anymore <laughs> right
2: right, yeah. right. Wow, uh, well, well, well Aaron we may have a we may have a role for you and we're, we're talking acting, serious stuff because we acting. got we got some good stuff we may put you with Martin Sheen and you that and might be exciting Xi. that could be a good all idea all right
0: um, you're going to love working with Martin. Give him my love. And thanks so much for having me. I'm a big fan of both yours your stuff. Thank you. you so we much, really Mr. appreciate it. We appreciate Take it. Care. Thank
2: you. Take it easy. All right. See you. Okay. I, I don't know. Was I awkward?
1: Aaron? No, no. It was great. I mean, you know, he's, I guess he's, you know, he's promoting movies. So he's you can tell he's in Zoom mode, right? But I thought we asked him some. Some interesting questions. He re- he did he did confirm that he wrote. Uh, you can't handle the truth. He actually. I can't wrote believe you line.
2: asked. What do you mean he actually wrote? I mean he's one of those writers that the, like the right. actors are letter perfect. Right. With, You're not you know? allowed to go wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, it's not like it's not like you with me going. Yeah, I'm fucking. <laughs> I'm going to change. You can't handle the truth. To uh, you just can't handle it. I mean he's a master. He really is. He and uh, it's weird because it's like he's almost like a, an athlete. When I was a kid, I'm like looking at a guy, and I'm not look. I'm not going to fucking sit here and gush like I'm some fucking jerk off but I love love this guy I love his work and I watch it and you did fuck me up on a question that I wanted to know process process wise because and it sounded like though I think I got the answer which is I'm a hack that I watch other pilots to try to figure out how to write a pilot but I still don't really understand how you've never written a television show and you just sit down and you write that pilot and everybody who cares about writing go watch the West Wing pilot it's insane that somebody did that in 45 minutes it really is It's, it's Brilliant. You know it's funny.
1: I, so we we were recording the Zoom. I was, you got that right, Kev? We were, I, I was making sure that his video Zoom was recording. Yeah. So I was texting, texting uh, the guys in the booth to make sure. Yeah, he also got just up
2: to, in the middle of the interview just to Threw double, me.
1: just to double check. And he was like, Oh, oh Kev, if you're listening, if you're listening, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, that was
2: a little awkward. He's very uh,
1: present, Aaron Yes, me. he is present. And yeah, I see. Listen, he seems to like me. I'm like, come on, bro, get me, uh, <laughs> put get me, in me back in the game. Well, what but do you think? You put them about, in the new show. Let's talk. Let's talk about what we're because you, you you let the Martin Sheen thing out of the bag. So let let's talk about what we can and can't talk about on the show. Like what what, what do we what do you want to say about it?
2: I mean, look, everything's up in the air, but but at the moment, uh, you know, we've got uh, the Sheen family working with uh, with you guys, and right. I think it's pretty amazing. And uh, we'll, we'll hopefully at some point get Emilio su- in too. A couple other surprises. We got some other surprises too. But I want to say the script. Um, you know, I I, I talk I'm, about process, right? The script is evolving. The script is evolving, which they, it bums me out because I don't think Sorkin's like evolved like that. I think he just fucking his spits first draft him out, out of the like printer Mozart. is like, right. you know, um, uh, you
1: should have asked him to read it
2: to do maybe a punch. Up on it. You know, <laughs> can you <imagine? laughs> You know, John Hughes supposedly, uh, like he, he wrote um, like Ferris Bueller in like a weekend, I think, and, and like told everybody no notes. Yeah, didn't Sorkin, doesn't he write pretty quick as well? I don't, I don't know. Okay. I mean, I know during West Wing there were some times supposedly where there were, which I, I was going to get to, but I didn't want to like put him on the spot. Supposedly there were days where people were waiting on pages, but I don't know. I, I mean, it's, it's a different thing, obviously, the way I write, not the way I write, the things I'm writing. Like we talked about a little bit with him. I'm not doing research. I'm not going into the world of the West Wing. I'm writing about what I know and things I've seen. But still, that being said. I um, wanted to touch on the Molly's
1: game thing a little bit more. He seemed to not want to go there. No, I mean, I brought it up. I mean, I know he knows I'm friends with a lot of those people.
2: But Uh, for the writing process of this, you're now really seeing it. Look, I wrote a first draft of of the show we're doing. All of my actors fucking love it, which is going to be a nightmare. Because Dylan, once he gets attached to something and you change it, it doesn't even.
1: He made a couple changes. You talked to Dylan recently?
2: I spoke to Dylan yesterday. So he's feeling a little better did you
1: pitch him kind of your I some just of the said changes? the script's
2: getting better and I I hear it he goes chiefy the script was great what are you doing but uh, I changed a couple things around. Yeah, but I brought I, I brought you know my 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 intellectual writer on Mark Abrams who uh, who wrote John Wick three and worked on Entourage and ran the Bernie Mac show. But he's uh, like a
1: like a true like breaks this down like what does this do? Does this propel us into the next
2: act? He's yeah, like yeah. Script guy. Yeah, and he's he's really good and really thoughtful with it. And I think that uh, you know uh, I'm actually you know which. Whatever, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually split screenplay credit with him, even though obviously I I I I did a lot. You and I are the creators, and lifting, the, yeah, well, and well, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, The created by credit won't go anywhere, but right. he really uh, we've we've really taken this script to the next level over the last 72 hours, right. and uh I now. It's like we're back in production because the crew is up and running. Locations are going. Sheila Jaffe, we got her for casting. We got a lot of the entourage crew coming on this from Chase Harlan, Dave Perkle, Gary Goldman, um, Rasa. So we it's Olivia gonna, Miles. So we have Olivia Miles. Have, Miles so right. We right? have
1: the costume department, the hair and makeup department, the AD department, the camera department. Yep. The production design
2: department. Yeah, and a lot of the actors. So uh, you know, and and hopefully some others will come join us. I don't know. Uh, Jerry reached out to me last night, uh, which is which was nice about uh Saga, about yeah. Bob and yeah. um and, you know. So you know, if Jerry wants to come hang, and uh, maybe we'll we'll get that going too. So, but but the script is, it is a work in progress. Although it's got to be locked now because we're getting ready. But uh, we've really dove into how we can uh, really dig out these characters and give you guys some great shit to work well, with. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking
1: forward to it. It's yeah. gonna
2: be fun. I'm excited. So uh, we're hopefully COVID-bearing. We're like T-minus 40-something days right now.
1: Yeah, and and from a podcast standpoint, is it true? Is it, are we getting Oakley? Is Charles Oakley coming
2: Charles up? Oakley. Well... Sure. I never want to say it because, you know, just like stock tip gives us fucking trainers with uh, Jason Blum's coming right. on the show. We never hear about right. it again. Jason Blum, the producer of, of Halloween and a million other things. And I haven't heard about it since, but, um, I got a message. Charles Oakley wants to do the podcast. He's got a book coming out. My first dog was named Oakley. I remember uh, that. My next dog was Kobe. My current dog is Baron after, uh, your boy, Baron Davis Yeah, and, um, I love Charles Oakley, one of my favorite Knicks. Anyway, all right, we are we, we are I a lot that, going on. There's a couple on. of people are still giving me your shit. Couple, of, just a, a little like they want to hear more entourage episodes. We're gonna get into it, okay? Dylan's coming back. We're gonna start getting back to some entourage episodes. But this yep. podcast is gonna morph into this new show where you're gonna really see the behind the scenes of everything we're doing. And of it's course, be pretty plus, cool.
1: plus and look, we can always cover entourage episodes. But if we're gonna get to if Aaron Sorkin and Charles Oakley, want to do the podcast? We got to get them on. We can always cover.
2: I think we're heading for some good shit, so we'll be back. Victory, the podcast. I love so many peers and shed so many tears.